Good morning and welcome to Open Source Workplace Daily. Good morning, Mike. How you doing? Hey, hey good morning, Steve. Big day today, Thursday. Thursday. Washington National Today. Here he there is. you go. There you go. Well, Max, <laughs> Max Scherzer takes the mound in New York, uh, against the Yankees. New York Yankees. So. Oh uh, wow! Big day then. Big day. We're back. Sports is back, so I'm excited and. Um, it's going to be weird. No crowds. How's it been going with your with your soccer club? Watching them with no uh, with no audience. It's been okay. It's it's been okay. You can actually see that the performance intensity of games isn't quite what it would be with with supporters there. The supporters sort of push and drag things along. You know, when I say drag and push things along, what I mean is you know they they drive that extra ten percent, twenty percent. It's a bit like you know I think this the science shows when you've listened to music when you're exercising, there's seventeen oh, yeah. percent more effort goes into it, and I think it's the same thing with uh, a lot of Noticeable. the soccer. So it'd be interesting to see Wonder what the baseball is like, but yeah. not, not the baseball has uh, you know the same type of atmosphere, but you know. And baseball is a little different because it's it's a lot of individual action as opposed to you know a lot of running around all the time like right, on the right right the soccer pitch is. I was gonna wear this this morning, but it's too darn hot here in D.C. But uh, <laughs> here you go, my world champion. There you go, Nats logo. So we got nice. a short season to, to defend the title, and uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm just happy to have something to watch that's live sports. So I'm looking forward to that. But I'm also looking Good. forward to talking to you today. Lots of exciting things on yeah. the agenda, I see. Lots of stuff, lots of stuff. And, uh, you know, it's it, it, the agenda sort of c kind of covered it in a wide scope. But I think the underlying thing that sort of goes through my head, Mike, as I looked at these articles this morning, um, the question that sort of recurred to me is, do we put too much value on the office? And do organizations need to shift their mindset on what the office is to be in a, f a future you know and we're going to dig into the sort of the reasons for that in a couple of these articles and then also then look at some of the new technologies that uh, that are sort of coming um, down the pike so uh, a right. lot to cover today a lot to cover but uh, very very right. interesting and I'm going to kick it off Mike with a poll that was done by Perry Timms and what he did was he did this poll he put these questions out on uh, LinkedIn and on Twitter and he gathered the results and he sort of presented the results and I really like one how he positioned the questions um, you know so you know wh where do you want to work 100% virtual 100% office then he did this nice split so 60-40 office to virtual or 80-20 virtual to office and uh, what was what was quite stunning actually was 1.5% wanted to be in the office 100% of the time, which is just like yeah. staggering. But then 56%, almost 57% want to be in the office basically one day a week. In other words, it's almost like I'll go in, but actually my preference is to stay at home. And how then do we take that? And that's sort of where my question is, you know, are we putting too much value on the office? And do we then have to rethink about it? Well, what is, what is the purpose of the office? And do organizations, are our organizations putting too much value on the actual office and what employees want? Well, we, we need to rethink about it for sure. Whether yeah. we put too much value on it, I think it's a matter of now really defining what that value is. And we've tried to do that a little here. I've done it on my podcast, on my live streams. And why do we go to the office? What are we missing during this pandemic life, this quarantine life where we have not been interacting 
in person in the office. We've been pretty functional. We've been pretty productive, most of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact is that, that a lot of us do now want to be a home and, and could see that we could be functional at home. But, but there are things we're missing, and I think we've had some great, much more thoughtful workplace experts than uh, you and I talk about this. And, and the thing that keeps coming back to me time and again is work is what you do. It's not where you are. Mm-hmm. It's not a place. So we keep talking about workplace. It's in the title of my show. It's in the title of your web, your, your show and website. But workplace can be anywhere. And human beings are doing their work now anywhere and everywhere and all the time. Yep. So the mobile world, and this was happening So I think what you're saying, Mike, you kind of just cut out there. So I think what you were saying is that this was happening before the pandemic. And uh, therefore, we, you know, we, we'd seen the trend and therefore that trend will probably continue. COVID's actually allowed us to change the perspective for the employer to see the perspective and employees to see the perspective. So it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this evolved. But uh, the conclusion that sort of came from the Perry Drew was, you know, flexibility is so important. And flexibility will allow us to then move forward and actually attract talent as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see to see where this all evolves. But I, I do think we have to sort of think back and sort of ask that question. You know, what is the value we put on work? What is the value not work but the office? Um, and as you think about the cost base of what an office is, and as we think about um, yeah, I'm just losing Mike here, so it's kind of like. Uh, We've just just lost him. He's just gone. He's just decided to bail on us today. But uh, I'm sure he'll uh, he'll join us momentarily. We just have to be a little bit patient. And here he comes. So there we go. Mike's trying to get in, but for whatever reason, we're not able to connect with him today. Oh, here he comes. Back in, back in. Hey, there we go, yep. man. The beautiful First. thing of being live, you know? You just got to love it. You just got to love it. But honestly, you, you, what I feel is I know you were going somewhere that was so good, man, and we missed it. That's what I feel bad for. I did my best to fill in the gap. And, I bet you uh, did. I apologize. No, 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 no. In the, in the heat of the <laughs> D.C. summer, we've had a lot of power glitches and so forth but what was the last thing you heard me say steve nationals <laughs> <laughs> i just assumed that you'd had enough and you went no I'm enough i'm gonna get myself set up and get my popcorn yeah, ready get my talking, corn dogs ready all the rest of you know it's about those poll results but bottom line is work is what we do it's not where we are those poll results don't surprise me i've heard a lot of great people talk about it the expertise is out there we need to be giving our employees choice flexibility and thinking, rethinking the value of the workplace so, and, and bringing it all together. So what what is different with this though, Mike, and it's something we need to consider is, so Perry isn't in the real estate world. He's not a workplace, he's an HR professional. So his mm-hmm. company provides services for HR folks. So is the poll coming from a different population to the typical population that you and I would interact with? So I just find that element that we have to sort of bring that yeah. to the, to it as well. But staggering the 1.5%, 100%, that's really low. I haven't seen anything as low as that. Um, and that yeah, really surprised me. And you have to, and we do this with our this or that poll questions. You've yeah, got to yeah. use one or the other. He, he yeah. only gave four choices. So he, yeah. he admitted rightfully so that, that he right. boxed 
Lynn. Yeah. But yeah. it's true. It's 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 a it's a clear indication that times are changing and this pandemic has totally uh, accelerated things that were happening before and that people were hesitant to change because human beings are slow to change. Mm-hmm. But because of the forced work from home situation and escape from the office and exodus from the office, everybody's rethinking things. And now yeah. as workplace leaders and as real estate leaders, we have to partner with our friends in HR. I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago on my live stream with two HR professionals and I asked who's going to take the lead on this, you know, because work work is now everywhere. We need to manage our people and help them bring their best selves to their organizations wherever they happen to be working from. And we need to extend the, you know, workplace experience or the mm-hmm. work experience or the user experience, employee mm-hmm. experience. I guess it's probably the best way just to say it generically. And that could be from home. It could be from a co-working space, a hub, a, a coffee shop eventually. Uh, or or occasionally in the office in the in the headquarters building. So yeah. all uh, fascinating things. <clears throat> but you're right. People are different now than they were four or five months ago. That's mm. for sure. And then we take what you just said, Mike, and we take this poll, and then you sort of ask the question. So how do how do employers or how do offices or how do buildings then attract people? Right? Because this is the psychology. This is the emotion that people are are, are sort of feeling right now. How do they then take that and actually attract t- attract people back to the office? And and this is uh, an article that was posted in the Smart Cities World. That you sent through, you know, why smart, why smart and healthy buildings will get us back to work and play faster and happier. And um, you know, and, and and a lot of what's been raised in the actual content here, Mike, is um, is is kind of I, th- I think a lot of it's happening already in a sense of technology is evolving, technology is allowing us to create healthier and happier workplaces. And I think there are certifications coming through, but it's all about that emotional connection, right? So employees today feel our home, they feel safe, they feel secure. So how do they move from that safe environment to another safe environment? Andrew Moss has taught me over the, over the last few months, you know, it's like how safety really is embedded in our human instincts right that flight or fight fear factor so how do we then move from one safe place to another safe environment and the way you do that is you provide information right and and basically i love what i took away from this is okay so can you create tools that communicate to the users of the building how air is clean when was the last time it was actually the, the surfaces have been cleaned how clean is the water how do you tell people how do you allow people to get that experience to get that feeling of comfort now obviously the office is one thing the home is another thing and getting from one to the other is is probably the biggest challenge that we have so how do then people get comfort that actually that that commute is actually going to be in the same, be the same, it's going to be clean, it's going to be safe, we're going to, how do we do that and how do we bring all that information together? So those were that, that was the main thing that I sort of, that resonated with me as I read. Yeah, you froze on me again there for a second, Steve, but oh. yes, I think you're on the, the right track here and this article is interesting <coughs> to me, especially the idea of communicating the safety of a, of a facility. I don't know about the commute getting there and back and, and so forth, but if you're talking about public buildings, I'm actually having a webinar today with a representative from the International Well Building Institute. So the well certification nice. yes. is a standard we might be able to look to to help us get there. And then obviously the technology that to allow to clean the air and to and to, to demonstrate to people that they are entering a safe 
place is something very important to us because of, as Andrew Moss has said, the psychology of, of it all, which I am fascinated with as well. But I, li- I love the idea of, you know, we got to basically put it out there and communicate it. Maybe a Yelp rating system or a, a Google stars that show, you know, as you walk into a facility, this uh, air quality has been tested and, and the technology is there to say this is a healthy place to be and, and give people the comfort they need going forward. But as far as using technology, that was the, the takeaway from this article for me is that, yes, we all recognize that healthy workplaces are important and even more so now during a pandemic, during a pandemic. But we've also been talking about smart building technology and there's so many incredible tools out there and applications and, and ways to interact with the building for users as we walk in. Uh, making frictionless experiences. Obviously, I work for a company that's that's trying to contribute to that world of technology at iOffice. So how do we then make these buildings smarter to give people the comfort and the uh, security they need going forward? Mm. And it's just, again, it's that accelerant. It's the, it's moving things along faster. How do we afford to do this? How do we afford not to do it is the question now. Yeah, and another point Glenn Lurie actually raised in this in this article was the ability to recruit and retain talent. So in other words, if you create this safe environment, that therefore will allow you to retain staff, retain talent, but also recruit because mm. you're able to market, socialize, call it whatever you want, um, that allows people to see the environment that you're creating and then feel safe. And we spoke yesterday about millennials and how they want to buy into an ethos, a value system. And and this also helps an organization demonstrate the value system of how they see their employees and their building. And I think the challenge um, with a lot of this is, especially when you get to big cities like New York, San Francisco, Chicago, Boston, et cetera, London, go across the world, is most businesses operate in a building or a portion of a floor within a large building. So therefore, it's it's you may be able to protect your own environment, but then there's this this community that is within the building, and then therefore it's probably going to come down to okay, what landlords and what buildings are actually adhering to these standards, who are building to these standards, who are implementing these standards as well. Will that also influence where organisations choose to go and lease space? Um, in the right. future, and I could see that certainly being a factor, and I'm sure that's something that will come up in your your your, your chat later today with uh, Well Building Standards. Yeah, it's a competitive advantage, right? That's right. what they've been trying to tout it as to begin with. The building owner, who may have multiple tenants, they're trying to attract those tenants, yeah. and having their building be well certified is a competitive advantage. And this uh, article goes into more ways to separate your building from others and and attract people now just to return to public spaces. Do you have any experience? I don't want to put you on the spot, but I, I don't know too much about the well standard. I know that there um, has been the lead certified buildings for many, many years that I saw. You, know, you see the plaque on the on the modern buildings that are lead certified. It's more of a sustainability standardization, but this well certification has been around for quite a while now. Has it been something you've explored as a real estate leader or is it is it not something that's been of interest to you? It, no, it's something that's very, very much front of mind. Um, and it's it actually, the LEED certification, the well-building certification sort of came around 2015, 2016 when I was doing a deep dive into workplace strategy. So a lot of the research they did in creating the certification actually I find really fascinating because it tied in nicely what I was doing. So I've followed the well-building certification since then. Um, I think the challenge with well-building certification is the 
process you go through to get certified. It's arduous. Mm. And the challenge is the ROI in getting the certification. I absolutely 100% believe in the recommendations and the and the intent of what is trying to do. But the, and, and if you go back to what was Lee trying to do, Lee was trying to change property owner mentality in creating energy efficient buildings. And right. well building, if they're doing the same thing about the actual occupants, then again, it's trying to achieve a really good thing. So yes, some buildings um, absolutely have pushed for well certification. Other buildings are just adhering to their standards. So it is a tough thing to balance because it is not an easy process to go through. It is not a cheap process to go through either. But I think it yeah. is a it is a really really good standard. And it should is, I ask uh, that question today? Should I put them on the spot and say, <laughs> hey, I've, I've heard from my friends in the industry because I've heard this same argument from other people. Yeah. Uh, hey, Sergeant said it. Other people yeah. have said. That this that the standard well may well be everything but certified. You know those recommendations are great, but there's something about the certification process, like you said, could be a, a hurdle too far or a or a wall too too tall to climb. So I'll put them on the spot and ask them. Uh, it's it's <laughs> Angela Spangler from there in New York City, wonderful uh, person I met during one of my visits up towards uh, Workplace Week during Workplace mm -hmm. Week I think a few years mm -hmm. ago. Yeah. So. Uh, great leader she's going to put a presentation on i'm excited to hear about it i'm i'm excited to learn and uh i don't want to make her uncomfortable as my guest but at the same time this is a, a good question i'm sure they faced it and they have a good answer for it i'm sure yeah 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 i, I just give them the heads up before you ask it yeah that's right. <laughs> they may not appreciate you know but uh, but no i think i think it is important and, and, I, and i encourage everybody irrespective of you know your opinions on our you know my opinions i still speak favorably of it I still look at it as the benchmark. I still look at it as the sort of light into where all this looks, where this is going. So um, I still encourage people to go in and, and look at it. So um, the next one um, thing we're going to talk about, Mike, is, and I didn't realize we'd actually talked about this lady before. Um, really? Only a couple of weeks ago as we sort Susan. of dig into, yeah, Dr. Susan David, yeah. The Art of Dr. Emotional Susan. Agility. Yeah, and... Um, what I find interesting is actually it's a completely different um, YouTube video. But again, this is this is the wonderful thing that I have I've said to you before. I love about YouTube. You know, you watch something, you engage with something. YouTube is really good at finding content that's very similar, and then allows you yeah. and throws it in front of you, right? I so like stories. Yeah. So although we've um, we've spoken about some of uh, interviews that uh, Dr. Susan David has given, this is a little different. And this is talking about the art of emotional agility. Now, this interview was done two years ago. But as I listened to it... Oh, really? I guarantee you, had I listened to it two years ago, my understanding or interpretation of what was being said would be very, very different. You know, two years ago, she said, certainty is uncertainty is the only certainty. Right? Mm. Two years ago, that would have meant something really different to what it means today. And... What I loved about it, and I, and I took pages of notes as I went through and watched this video. It's like, I, I'm kind of stupid as I do a lot of this stuff, Mike. Stupid in a sense <laughs> of, I, I really do this in a lot of detail because I was I absorbed in, in, in what, what she was saying. And what I took away from it, sorry, and I sort of hesitated as I was trying to move things around off the screen. Um, sure. what, I, what I loved about it was, you know, we get emotions and we get feelings, but we brush over them so quickly that we don't take the time to think why am i feeling this way what is causing me to feel this way and then how do i one change 
the outcome, perspective, the triggers, whatever that is. You know, and she gave the example of, um, I'm unhappy at work. And, you know, she goes, we're unhappy at work, but actually most people today may be saying, but at least I've got a job, right? That may be the quick answer we give to ourselves. I don't like my boss, but I need the money. I don't like this project, but whatever, right? And, and we do this and we just feel it, but we don't take the time to sit back and actually go, well, why are we unhappy at our job? Is it the work? Is it the development I'm not getting? Is it my relationships with the team, with my manager? Is it the values of the organization? What are the things that we're doing and actually taking those moments to actually understand the cause, understand the triggers, actually allows us to actually see ourselves and help ourselves live a healthier life. She doesn't say a better life. She doesn't say anything. She's very, very careful, obviously, in the words that she's choosing. And a lot of this comes from, and it comes out early in the actual interview, is things that she went through as a child and the questions that she started to see, her behaviors. And she basically said that this journey for her started on a death of a family member and her writing down the emotions that she was going through as an eight-year-old. So a teacher actually took her through and asked her to do this. And it just taught her a very valuable lesson that pausing and taking a moment um, is really, really beneficial. And as I said, look, I just took a snippet of what was in this this one hour long interview and uh, I find it fascinating. Yeah, yeah, no, me too. In fact, the fact that you just told me this is was recorded two years ago, in my hurried rush to kind of capture a little bit of it before talking with you this morning, I just started listening to the first several minutes of it and it sounded absolutely appropriate for the times in which we are living today. I thought it was mm -hmm. recorded recently because they were talking about difficult times and challenging times and times of uncertainty and I thought this is a, a recent recording mm -hmm. but the fact of the matter is this is a great topic of emotional agility and all those things you just mentioned I won't repeat them are true in my experience as well especially here in the American culture and maybe it's a family thing how I was raised mm. the, the culture of my uh, relationships and so forth but you always put on a happy face right that's you don't you don't show your emotions it's it's, are you okay? Of course, yes, right, I'm fine. Right, right. And, and we all do that in our society. We do it in work and we do it with our colleagues and our friends. Uh, very rarely when someone says, are you okay and you're not, do you say, well, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm struggling with this, that, and the other. Let me get into it because most people don't really want to get into it with you. They just want to have that kind of polite interaction. So I love the the topic. I, I love her accent. I think she's from Australia, if I'm South not mistaken. Africa. South Africa. It's South Africa. Okay, yeah, I always get yeah, those. Yeah. There's a lot of similarities there. Uh, but it sounded great and, and um, recommend the video. I'm going to go watch it myself, the full thing. But, but boy, what's wrong with showing a little emotion? I think of anything this time of collective crisis and struggle that we've had during the pandemic has opened us up to the idea of, listen, we need to be optimistic. Let's be optimistic. Let's share that inspirational optimism as, Seth, as uh, not Seth, but uh, Simon Sinek says. Mm -hmm. But we don't have to be positive all the time. You don't have to always have a happy face on. Right. You can have emotions. You can have down days, bad days, tough days. We all do. And we have to understand that. And I think I think we are becoming more understanding of each other, more empathetic as leaders. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I 100% agree with you. And it is important that, uh, and she does stress this, and I'm glad you raised it, like, we don't have to be happy all the time because we never will be happy all the time. And actually, right. it's it's those moments of weakness, those moments of uncertainty, of stress that actually 
um, resonate with us more, change and alter our behaviors. And uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's a really good thing. So I encourage people to go in and, and, and take a quick lesson. Uh, listen, our watch. Um, so the last thing I want to touch on, it, do you, sorry, were you going to say something there, Mike? Or? No, get a no? lesson while all you right. listen. Oh, okay. Say you're both, both right. You didn't misspeak at all there, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> too kind, too kind. So the last one, is, it's kind of a shift uh, in, in what we've been sort of looking at and what we've been sort of thinking about. And I was going to see if I could play this video that sort of demonstrates this product. This is a, this is a brand new product that has just come out. Well, I say just come out. It's in development. And it is basically a 3D window that you can watch and observe without the use of 3D glasses. And yeah, cool. there are a series of images that you can go through and see. So what you're seeing right here on the screen in these two images that I just snapped from their website, this is like on a wall, this would be your view as if you've got a window on a, on a wall in your office, home or wherever. And obviously this is being geared towards gamers. It's been geared towards architects and designers. Um, as you mm -hmm. think about the office and how to use space, if you've got those enclosed interior rooms with no access to the outside world, well, perhaps this can be used. And obviously this would then probably transform into a TV, a monitor, whatever it is for video conferencing. But then in a real world, this gives you the ability to see. And how it works is as you look at it, it sees where your eye is and adjusts the depth and and the vision of what you see and the angle of what you see so it's really 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 smart technology i love it pretty crazy pretty crazy stuff and really cool and i've seen this in science fiction movies right right it's this right. type of technology where you're on a spaceship or you're on some isolated place where you don't have access to these things but the but the immersiveness of a video technology allows you to believe you're in the open countryside or yeah. by a beautiful ocean or whatever it might be. So yeah, I think this is uh, pretty impressive and in exciting to see this technology <clears throat> is available and on the horizon for us. It's funny, I just had this conversation uh, yesterday at the end of my live stream. We, we were talking to anthropologists yesterday and, oh, and yeah. other, other yeah. uh, facility management leaders. And uh, the big takeaways for me was, you know, people are are in need of of certain things and and human beings behave a certain way and i i brought up this the movie back to the future you remember mm -hmm. this movie michael mm -hmm. j fox yeah, and, uh, yeah doc brown and the and the traveling uh uh delorean, DeLorean right? the yeah, time, yeah, yeah, time, yeah time traveling with DeLorean. so so the interesting thing to me was in that movie because it, it still holds up pretty well you yeah. know uh it, it was back in 1985 where where he traveled back in time as Huey Lewis the News said, I'm going to get back in time. And he goes to 1955 when his parents were teenagers. And then at the end, Doc Brown takes it into the future 30 years to 2015, which is now, you know, in our past, which is five years ago. And it's so funny. In 1985, we watched that movie and we saw this vision of 30 years from now. And we thought, OK, you know, flying cars and he doesn't need uh, the nuclear you know, power anymore because he just uses a. Uh, Mr. Fusion, to, you know, uses garbage to uh, to power his time machine, yeah, yeah. and and the, the idea of of the next two movies, which I wasn't a, as big a fan of, the Back to the Future two and three, was that you know this, the future is like this this you know crazy world of flying cars and and uh, and, and fantasy that we we often attribute to um, 
you know, our, our, our mind when we think about the future. Like 30 years from now, Steve, though, I think we I think we now know that reality is yes, new technologies will become immersive. You know, if you, if you thought of the iPhone or or some of the the video displays we see in big cities, Times Square, for example, mm-hmm. you know, take a snapshot 30 years ago to today, it's a, it's a huge difference that that video technology. But there's still people walking around. There's still buildings everywhere. I don't see cars flying, although that, you know, they say that's coming too. Um, I think we're going to see. A world in which the humans that are operating are still the same. We're we're still people, and we still have the same emotions and needs and so forth. But technologies like this this one you just shared with us, and it's it's going to be part of our world. It's going to be yeah. something that we're used to at that point, and how it impacts us in a in a broader way is going to be interesting to see. One of my guests said it's going to be different. It's he says there's really we're on the cusp of things where people could be sitting in their homes, you know, living virtually like they're in the Matrix. I don't know. Do you have a thought on that? Do you do you think it's gonna? Is it closer than I think? Because I, I I I use this experience with Back to the Future and think, ah, eh, it's so far off. Um, it's not gonna really happen that quickly, and and we we will be 30 years from now, and yes, it'll be different, but we'll still be, it'll be similar to today. No, it's a, great, it's a great question. I'm glad you asked. And if you think about some of the conversations we've had over the last you know week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever whatever it is, Mike, and you sort of take a thread. Right, and you you run it all through. So you take today where well, we have just taken it's a red ex- thread. It's a, it's red, a red thread, thread of course thing. it is, of course it is. We've, <laughs> as we've learned. Um, but if you take what you just said, you take about some of the conversations we had earlier today. You then take about what we have spoken about communities. Communities getting smaller and tighter, and people don't want to travel. And then you take that, and then you build all that up. I think it is fair to say that actually we actually going to become a smaller interactive physical interaction but a broader um online um interact i'm trying to think of the right word experience. but experience experience yeah yeah. I, yeah yeah i think so where we will probably operate in a smaller tight space and therefore we're going to use this type of technology to actually promote ourselves but you know you go back to back to future and uh it's it's funny i watched it not so long ago and uh, oh, i was really? watching i was watching it it's 2015 when that was five years ago and yeah. um, you're watching that, you know, it's just not that many things are right, but it's just, I remember watching it back in the day going, that was such a long time ago, you know, or that's right. such, so far right. forward, far forward, like 2015 was like such a far with yeah. thing, you know. But and you believe that that's possible, <clears throat> yeah, that, that, that that's going to be the future, you know. Yeah. Um, that's a great point, Steve, and I think, you know, you and I have been kind of talking about this even at the beginning of the pandemic as, as all conferences and all these things that we're so used to were being canceled. I said, mm-hmm. somebody's going to come up with a technology that replaces that experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with this technology and, and others, creative minds, innovative minds, they're going to come up with things that allow us to have these experiences with each other virtually. And yeah. and maybe it does replace the need to travel as much and, and the need to get together and risk exposure to not just COVID-19, but future viruses that are we're told are, are certainly yeah. part of our future so yeah. it will be interesting to see and uh, and i want to stay optimistic about the whole thing and, and be open to yeah. these ideas and um never say never because For i've sure. made that mistake before i've never said why would you need that technology why do you need a yeah. a tivo that's my famous one back in the in the early 90s or maybe late 80s when the first video recorders came around why would you need to record live tv just watch the game why don't you <laughs> I know. I realized I, know. I was wrong about that. I know. I know. Fascinating, but Mike, great, great conversation. And uh, you Always. know, if if if, yes. if you if you've managed to watch it all the way through, thank you. 
um, oh, yeah. and also if Thank you me. know please please let us know so we we know right at the outset we asked do we need to do we put too much value on the office what is your thoughts what is your opinion let us know um, it's an open question there's no right answer there's no wrong answer it's just an opinion it's just a thought and uh, really love to hear from you but uh, Mike Thank you for today, and uh, we will be back on Monday. And go next. Uh, yeah, go uh, go enjoy your baseball, man. I hope uh, I hope you have a wonderful wonderful day with it, man. Take Thank care, you, man. Sir. Cheers. Talk Thanks. To you later. Bye.